Hello, this is Jim Martin with the Little Things First podcast, and I'm Tracy, here with Tracy Van Deventer. Nice. And uh, today we are excited because we're going to kick off just a two-part series about principles in action. Uh, today we're going to interview Mark French, who is a principal and the author of a book that just came out called Principles in Action, Redefining the Role. And then next week we are going to be chatting with the co-author of that book, Jay Posick. Uh, so hopefully you'll be able to get a lot out of these two conversations about how to change the role of principles in our country. And we're so excited because Mark has a lot of experience. He's been in a lot of different levels, a lot of different types of buildings. Uh, he's got a lot of years of experience. And so we'll hear what he believes are the little things that make a big difference. And uh, this is not only in his building, but also in his own work life and uh, how it has uh, affected the way that he does the work in schools. So let's listen in. Thank you so much for joining us. So the first question that we have is just maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you've been in education for a long time, according to your book, and yes. uh, maybe talk about uh, your experience and also talk a little bit about your book. Sure. Um, I am an experienced educator. This is my 38th year in education, wow. uh, 15 years as a teacher, and my 23rd year as a principal. Um, I've worked in urban and suburban and public and private school settings. So I, yes, I'm, instead of saying I'm an old educator, <laughs> I'm, I'm a seasoned educator. Very nice. And yeah, one of the exciting things, even at this point of my career, which I still really enjoy and still am excited about, uh, and, uh, makes me happy to go to school every day. Even at this point in my career, one of the recent uh, adventures was writing a book, Principles in Action, Redefining the Role with two friends and principal colleagues from around the country, Jay Posick from Wisconsin and Ryan Sheehy from California. So yes, that book was published just a month ago. Yes, we actually both have copies and we've read the book and we enjoyed it very much. Oh, thank you. Good. Yeah, Glad you did. Nice work. So one of the concepts that I'm curious about in the book is this concept of an unprincipled. Can you talk a little bit about that and where that um, came from? Uh, say that again. Describe the concept again. of an unprincipled. Um, in, in, Reference to, um, was it something that Jay wrote or Ryan wrote or I wrote or just being kind of a different kind of a principle? Exactly. And maybe talk a little bit about principles in action as a component of that and where that emerged right. from. Um, I joined a Voxer group, Principles in Action, a number of years ago that was started by an um, educator, innovator, um, 
Adam Welcome out in California. And I think the idea started by having principals think of principaling differently. Um, when we talk and share with others, I talk about, I, I don't want to be that stereotypical principal. You're in your office, you're just waiting for kids who have done something negative to come to you and and then you're there to deliver the consequence or the punishment. No, we're trying to look at principles and action as getting out of your office and making a difference and connecting with people at morning arrival, in the hallways, on the playground, in the cafeteria, in classrooms. So that tagline in the book, Redefining the Role, is really purposeful in getting principles to think about how are you visible, how are you modeling, how are you seen in your school building, and even in your community. Very nice. And as I'm looking uh, through, you know, you talk about that Voxer and how it had a role just in asking for help. And, you know, our podcast is talking about little things that make a big difference in schools. And sometimes there's this pressure that you have to have these sweeping changes or sweeping reforms, or somehow you have to really have these, everything lined up lockstep. And, and we're trying to look at it from a different perspective where it maybe doesn't have to be in that, in such a, you know, giant reform uh, model. How, How do you think even just like that role of Voxer helped you in in making a, a difference for you? How it helped me, um, how Voxer helped me, and I also would include Twitter and other social media um, apps. It really, for me, it was about the connection and learning from and taking ideas from other people because as building leaders, we are in our own sites, we're in our own schools, and sometimes that feels isolating. Um, but through the power of social media, which also can lead to personal connections, that gives you a chance to learn and uh, get advice from others. I, I talk about the, the story of, in the summer of 2015, in a Twitter chat, there was a teacher who posted that she made a positive phone call for one of her students every day. And I thought, I can do that. I have hundreds of students in my school. So that's where I started the hashtag good news call of the day and finding one student every day who I observed, experienced, or someone referred to me of sharing the positive things that that student did by calling their family. So as you point out, it doesn't have to be a big thing. It's one phone call a day, but that phone call is so powerful to that student and that family. Yeah, absolutely. A little thing. I love that you mentioned the professional learning networks because I have never done that. And I am an instructional coach now, but used to be a principal and have never participated in any Twitter chats or any boxer experiences until I read your book. And so I've been participating on He's some reformed. That's right. On Twitter <laughs> chats. I'm that's part of the principles great. in action boxer group. And so I find it refreshing to learn from colleagues across the country and see all the wonderful things that are happening. And I wish I would have known about it, you know, five it, years ago. It um, is powerful. I think 
when you were asking the question about the little things that can make a difference, um, I think another message through principles in action and through connecting with others on Twitter and Voxer is we have to admit our vulnerabilities. Um, I, I need to reach out to other people. I need to talk to other people. I need to talk to people about mistakes that I've made or tough conversations that I have to have. Um, I, I think there is this myth among all educators that we've got it all together and we're doing everything right. And no, um, we all have tough experiences and tough times and to share those with others and learn about and with others has been powerful for me. You know, when you took that, um, which I, I completely agree, we have got to actually recognize that sometimes we don't have all the answers. And a little thing is saying, I don't know, but I'll help find out or we'll go and, and find out more, right? So either with community members or with teachers or with students and, and allowing yourself to be, you know, open to showing that you don't have all the information. And it's a great way to, sh- you know, show you're a lifelong learner, etc. I'm thinking about in the building level, again, little thing, how do you feel that teachers um, are able to, or or maybe staff members in general, able to kind of embrace that? Because it is really tough sometimes for people to show that they don't have all the answers. Do you have any, any advice about that at a building level? Uh, I think the advice I would have is to make those professional connections, uh, talk with your colleagues, talk with your grade level uh, peers, talk with other people in the building about what you're thinking and some challenges that you have. Um, Another thing, and I think we may have mentioned it in the book, Principles in Action, is it, it took me a long time to learn this lesson. You have to ask for help. Um, I like to think that I'm on top of it all and that I can do it all. But no, you have to ask for help from other people. And there's a couple things that happen when you do that. Not only are you reaching out to others, but you're also recognizing other people's expertise yeah. and skills and talents. Right. Um, an example that I give is my administrative assistant is so good and so skilled at executing and planning school events. Um, And I use her to to help with that because she notices so many things and is so talented in that way. So instead of me thinking like, I've got to plan this school event, I've got to execute it, I've got to do all this, no. When you ask people and tap into their talents, it also honors them and uplifts them that you care enough and that you see their skills and what they can contribute. Right. And such a big impact on the culture building, what you're talking about, I think. Right. Yeah. That um, everyone in the building can play a role and, and play a small part. And it's I mean, it is not a new message, but many hands 
make for lighter work. If you've got a lot of people who are stepping up and, hey, I'll do this part, I'll take on this, I can do this, uh, then events and activities are well done and well executed and people have a good sense of accomplishment that they contributed. That's great. And I imagine that um, you've created an environment where that sort of thing is welcome and encouraged, uh, which doesn't happen everywhere, but it's important. Um, Can you talk a little bit about your approach to fun as a principle? I know you talk a little bit about it in the book. Yeah, I, I think we building principles and I look at my whole school and my staff as being my big classroom and what I can do to model fun um, by participating in events, getting slimed, being on the roof, um, dressing up in funny costumes or suits. I can participate and model that because that's what I want teachers to do in their classrooms for students. Um, I want them to have a sense of whimsy and fun. Um, and, and doing it early on, if it's wearing a mascot costume or wearing a Captain America suit, I just see the joy and the connection with kids because they, they notice it, they make comments. So I've been slimed now two years at the school (laughs) I'm at now, and kids still talk about it, uh, particularly uh, the little ones. Hey, I remember when you were slimed. Um, I think those are the things that, that are powerful and that create those memories. Um, And I'm not always comfortable doing it. You know, I'm, I get a little nervous if I'm wearing an outfit. Um, uh, Earlier this week, it was Cardigan Day to honor the legacy of Mr. Rogers because it was World Kindness Day. You know, I felt a little silly, but I have to step out of my comfort zone because it is making a difference for others and others are noticing it. So I have to, I encourage principals and teachers you got to step out of your comfort zone. Um, You're going to have fun and the students and the staff that you are impacting are going to enjoy it. How do you balance all of that um, with some of the accountability demands that teachers are faced with in schools? Um, We know teachers are feeling a lot of stress and sometimes students are feeling that very same stress because of the expectations and the higher expectations. So how do you navigate that and balance, you know, the fun with the, we've got to make progress and we've got to see some good outcomes. I think for me, I look at sort of the big picture idea. You mentioned earlier culture and climate. I think when you do events and activities and have fun days, I think that contributes to a positive building culture. Uh, And also, there's, there's more than just the academic learning in a school. We've got to make sure that our students 
are know that we care about them, uh, that we focus on social emotional learning. Sure. That's, that's gotta be a focus as well, that we want people, the adults and the students to be in a good frame of mind. We want them to feel cared for and engaged and joyful. Uh, if they are feeling that way, then they will be focused on their academics and doing their best. So that's that's how I look at how do you balance this accountability and academics with the social emotional learning and having a fun and joyful climate. Yeah, and you know, I was thinking back, I this really resonates for me. I tend to not be in my office. I tend to be out and about and visiting and going through classrooms and talking with kids and you know, being on the playground and different things. Uh, a couple years ago when I was at a school that was identified as turnaround, uh, we had an outside agency come in and do a little, you know, kind of evaluation of the climate and what was going on. And one of the things they were asking was, what do you need from the principal? And actually, I got feedback that I needed to be in my office more. Have you ever had that? I did. Um, interestingly, on a recent feedback that staff get a survey. Yeah. Um, I got this bit of feedback that I think the question was, am I available to you? Mm -hmm. And somebody wrote back saying, I, I think they meant it as a critical piece, something I should learn from. Mm -hmm. I actually took it as positive. They said, yeah, um, I, when you're done reading to classes and you're done on the playground, then I might be able to find you. Mm. <laughs> um, so it, I think it's that, it's that vision of principles in action, redefining the role. I don't just want to sit in my office and wait for the negativity to come to me. Um, so in response to staff members who need me, or want to find me, we talk about the systems. You know, if you can't find me, mm -hmm. who is supporting me? Who are my backups? And they always know, they might not always remember, but I can always be reached. Mm -hmm. I carry my phone. I carry a walkie-talkie. We have a building PA system. So my administrative assistant is really good at knowing is this an issue that we need Mark right away? Or is this an issue that Mark can get back to you? I'll, I'll get a text message that, would you please go check in with so-and-so? Mm -hmm. So if I am reading, if I'm on the playground, if I am in the hallways, then then I can get back to somebody. Um, and I think we also have to teach our staff. I, I Sometimes I think that they aren't feeling um, like they're making the best decision, which they usually do. So count on yourself, count on a teammate. You can go to Mark. Um, but I don't want to sit in my office waiting for things to come to me. I want to be proactive, visible, making the connections. I want to have fun in my job as well, too. Yeah. And, you know, I had the same response. Like, remember, you can all text me, and uh, I have that with me always. I carry the walkie-talkie. Uh, but it was interesting because I wanted to kind of look at 
trying to meet the needs. I had some staff members that wanted almost like a regular office hour. And the truth is my supervisor probably needs me to have a regular office hour because I'm not always getting to those emails before or after school. And there's a little bit maybe I need to take care of on that end that's uh, certainly less appealing to me and a lot less fun for me. But I was curious how, how and if you've ever had some challenges, some pushback that way. Sounds like you yeah. have. Yes. Yeah. We, we probably all do. We have to keep working on finding that balance and communicating. I think if people, if people know what our systems are and know our communication, then maybe they have comfort in that. I have another question. Uh, looking at the chapter uh, in the book, it's chapter 30, and it's looking at working to replace yourself. And I love that. I think that there's so much um, openness about that. And when we're talking about little things, what kind of little things do you think that are in place to help help you work to replace yourself? I'm glad you recognized that. That That's always been a message of mine. Um, I've been very active in our Minnesota Principals Association through my career. I served in a role as president-elect and president. Um, and where that is leading me is I need to be out of my building to connect and learn. I need to be out for professional development. I needed to be out to help the association. But I've come across colleagues who are afraid to be out of the building because fill in the blank. Right. Well, I need to make sure my school community um, knows what to do when I'm not there. I'm not always going to be there. Um, I'm going to have family emergency. I'm going to be sick. So it's sort of like, what are the systems that you have in place that people know if Mark's not here, here's who I go to, to get this answer, or to get this response or to get this help. Um, we always have our nearest principal, who is our backup, to be able to come over to the building or answer questions. So I've always felt like I shouldn't be so important that things can't function and things can't continue without me. Because at some point, I'm not going to be there, um, whether it's for a day or whether it's when I retire. No, people have to also rely on each other and count on each other and trust each other. And I think that's helped you stay in the business for 38 years. I think it has. It, it has because I, I also talk to people and write about. So I am in my 38th year. I'm a year and a half away from retirement and I still love the job. Um, I, I still love what I do. I still am learning. I still am implementing new things. Um, birthday books for students is an idea I saw other people doing. We implemented this year. So I'm going to go out enjoying being a principal and enjoying going to work. And, and that's why even the social media connections and my personal and professional learning community helps keep me energized and uh, positive and optimistic. Uh, I, I think I 
sometimes I feel like I'm happier now than I was earlier in my career because of what I keep gaining and learning from other people. Yeah. I think that's a really great point. Tracy and I have both supervised principals in the past. And, you know, one of the stories that we hear over and over again is how difficult it is to get into classrooms because of all the pressures that are going on in the main office and uh, being needed and getting called out of classrooms when they are visiting. And it just sounds like with some careful planning, like you've been able to do and um, working with other people in the building, uh, your network that you've created, uh, that it's possible to do that. And you've, it, you've shown that. Yeah, you are right. It is possible to do it. Um, and what I see from other leaders who visit classrooms and provide feedback is you have to be intentional about it. Um, you have to schedule it. Mm -hmm. uh, if I don't schedule classroom visits, if I don't schedule time to read to classes, it doesn't happen because the best intentions will be that I'm going to make it happen. Um, but no, I put it in my schedule. I put things in my schedule that I need to accomplish. Nice. Yep, I agree. You schedule it. It's much more likely to take place. Right. So, Mark, if you could go back in a time machine and talk to your younger self when you were just maybe entering the profession and give your younger self advice, even maybe as a new principal, what would you tell your younger self? I would tell my younger self uh, some of the things that we've talked about today, which um, admit your vulnerabilities, um, reach out to other people. Ask for help because I think it, it, we still all have that idea that, you know, I can't tell my principal that I need some help with this. Um, can I go to this workshop? Um, I'm really struggling with this. But yes, you can. I think when you self-reflect and you recognize, well, I'm doing really well at this, but I need some more support with this they're going to they're going to support you. They want you to succeed and get better. So my advice would be um do some self-reflecting, uh reach out to others, admit your vulnerabilities and keep learning and growing. That's amazing. That it really it's so nice to hear from you because I think that there are a lot of people who are leaving principal school and who are getting their marching orders, and those marching orders are not um, including fun, connection, reaching out, share your vulnerabilities. Uh, I think instead, you know, it's very heavy on here's the data you have to review, and here's the uh, PD and professional development that must take place, and here is the evaluation system that you must make sure happens, and here's the curriculum that has to be, um, you know, covered with fidelity and and there are in many ways lots of uh, pressures and so it's a breath of fresh air to hear about the little things that you see make a big difference in the school uh, that you're in as well as just the schools that you've been working with you, you and your co-authors so thank you so much for taking time to be with us and Jim again will you help us out and and 
Any other final thoughts? No, thank you so much. We've really enjoyed uh, your book, Principles in Action, Redefining the Role, and we would recommend that um, principals read that. Actually, all instructional leaders at the school, even teachers, uh, would benefit, I think, from reading it and really starting to understand the role that we all play in the climate and culture of a building. So thank you. Thank You're you so welcome. Much. We thank you. Thanks for asking me. We learned a lot. Have a great rest of your day. Okay, take, take care. care. All right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye, -bye. bye.